It's time to head on over to the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. A place of knowledge, a place of learning, a place of epic coin slotting. Pull up a bucket and join the most diverse group of troublemakers ever gathered for a single podcast to answer your deepest questions. What is the meaning of life? What exactly is a Venturi tube? And where the fuck are all these broken jigsaw parts coming from? Like, I got room for this crap. Now's your chance. Pull up your pants and cover your slot. This is Motorcycles and Misfits. motorcycles and misfits at the recycle garage here in sunny california love that intro dude <laughs> so funny thank you what happens to santa cruz yeah you'd say santa cruz we know it's in santa cruz they we don't know. yeah we, yeah, we they keep do. rubbing it oh, in hey this is liza in the house tonight we have doug i'm present yeah bagel aloha adrian hello zach this is zach justin yep megan hey Cat here, <laughs> Fruit Loop. What up, <laughs> Lucas? Over nine thousand. <laughs> Mason. Oi. Then back in the peanut gallery, we got Blaze. What's going on? Hey, <laughs> hey you and Speedo. Thank you, but and, and, <laughs> nice to meet Speedo. you. It doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> I didn't see you back there, Speedo. I'm hiding. And Sage might be showing up too. Which we we're we're. Double, let's see, what do you call it? We've got the balcony seats going tonight. <laughs> Pretty soon we'll be strapping people to the ceiling. So, let's... That was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> let's get to what we did today and this week. So, lots going on in the garage today. Um, but first, let's just get right to the fun bit. Mike, a.k.a. Fruit Loop, so named because of his lovely outfit. Um, you've been slaving at home in the bathtub. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the one what I, pictures let's on the tell us what of. you've been working on, because you got that SV650, and you have been pimping and slaving, and what you doing to it? Um, well, I've been working all over the house. Two bedrooms, the whole backyard. Yeah, we don't, we don't care about that. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, in case your wife is listening. Yes, good point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I pulled everything off because all the fairings were, were not not coated and they're uh, like matte. So I, I figured I was going to paint them. I love the uh, thing you said, a shade of white with black fingerprints yeah, yeah. <laughs> a nice haze of black yellow, yellow jag stickers <laughs> yeah, that would be a cool texture design if you want to put some effort into it you know what I mean yeah it's custom it's, it's like it's obvious whose bike it is you know <laughs> yeah, yeah hard to get stolen so what I did was I, I just pulled everything off and, and I figured because I've been pulling sections off working on it here and there and then I'll, I'll replace this wire and that wire so I figured while I had everything off that I would just start um, rewiring everything you know that's loose and crappy Oh. Um, Put a Justin, dollar in the jar, can Justin. You not, what are you, Lucas? <laughs> can I just sit still? No. I'm sitting perfectly still over here, Liza. Yeah, but You're in general. In place. So, you've been, so you did your shock, you said? Oh, yeah. So, um, I, took, I put the, um, after I saw Megan and Doug ordered the ZX shock, I didn't want to be, you know. Me too. Yeah, I, I went and I ordered it the same day. I was like, that's not happening. Copycat. Yeah. Totally. You got yours in first, though. 
I did. I got mine. Yeah. I tell us, tell mine. us the state of the shock that you took out of there, the OEM shock. Oh my God! It, I'd never. I mean, I'm not really like I know how to do some things, but not mechanical things. But just pulling this thing out, it, I, I swear to God, it, it looked like it was came out of like a Lego truck or something. <laughs> it was so thin, like the rod on it and the spring. I'm curious what a Lego truck. I don't know, like some sort of like stupid Did you little, play with little like a toy or Your some parents shit. love you or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, cause, cause, like, I, I've been carrying around the other shock, you know, here and there, and, and I kind of like knew the weight of it. So then, as soon as I got this thing off the bike. I couldn't. I couldn't even believe it. it was just. Like, it was like nothing to Fisher it. Fisher Price, my first Jixer. Yeah, <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was, my first so, Jixer. I mean, like I didn't really know. I, I just like had read a bunch of stuff about how you know everybody does that. They say how bad it is. And we went to Z2 track days. The guy said replace the shock. Right. It's notoriously bad. And you you yeah. also <laughs> brought it to uh, Santa Cruz suspension. Yeah. To get reworked, which was really smart. I thought. That well, I'm not. I can't take the credit, Doug. Well, get it. Well, I didn't think you were gonna do it. So it was smart of you. To, to do it. I called that guy and he said he only does dirt bikes. No. Nah. Because you, huh. t- you gave him your name, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> what, does my name not mean it, anything it, around it got, here? Oh, it means it a got lot. Re- <laughs> 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 it got re-oiled, resealed, and re-gassed, right? Yeah, it's exactly what yeah. he did and he wanted to see also to, to like, he, he said he couldn't really weight it uh, for like my weight to the bike because I'd have to have it on there and then do all that right, stuff. Right, well, you can do that stuff on the bike, though. Yeah, and he, he like, kind of went over a bunch of the stuff, like the adjustments on it, if I need to know. Um, so that was really good, too, because I, I wouldn't even have thought of doing that. And then, like, the only thing that I was thinking about when I was going to do it was everybody's saying how you have to re- adjust and modify the battery box. It's, like, all I thought about. So then you told me to go and take it in. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. And, um, and then trying to, I mean, like, I don't have a garage. I have, like, a big parking lot. So and like some zip ties and straps and stuff. So I, <laughs> I gr- that's that's all many people have. Yeah, I had I had like the uh, the jack stand that you guys use for the dirt bikes on like one side on the peg, and then I pulled a bunch of bricks out <laughs> and put it on the other side, and I pumped wow. it up, and then would like put a brick under it, and then pump it up again. That, have you noticed that that stand goes down after a while? Yes. It starts to like, <laughs> itself, which is probably why Stan left it here. Yeah, it's, I did notice that. Like every ten minutes, yeah. Which so, stand is this? This is that blue that blue stand what are you that I was doing, using. Doing Justin, oh, yeah. I'm trying to turn this damn thing off. Yeah. <laughs> so. And yeah. so, how's the painting going? How how long have you been prepping oh. and painting? I've been prepping and painting it for over over two weeks. So. This is a task many people undertake. Yeah, once. fuck that shit. <laughs> Never <do>? again. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Because you know what? Here's here's what happened is. My wife said, "Oh, let's go and take it to get painted." You know what I mean? We could you just do it because I got pulled over by the cops um, for fingerprints. Yes, <laughs> it looked like no. a crime scene. <laughs> the, the cop pulled me over and like drove in front of me to cut me off because he thought I was going to take off. Like he was adamant that my bike was stolen, and I said, "Well, you know what gave you the impression that it's stolen?" He's like, "Oh, well, you know these pieced together bikes that look like this." And I'm like, "What do you mean look like? What do you mean you that's, people?" That's bullshit. <laughs> It's bullshit, like, dude. Like he just yeah. fucking he just profiled you and yeah, it, that's bullshit, bro. He like crawled underneath and checked the vins and all this other shit. And I'm like, she's been like, is this I'm like, I'm I live right down there, <laughs> totally. And he didn't bother to run the plate or anything, I assume. Uh, no, but, yeah, he did. He did. He ran my license, he ran everything, and but he before just he pulled, me a but I mean, questions. before he pulled you over, though. No, because he, uh, I be honest with you, I had my uh, my mirrors came off, and I all I saw was like. 
a flashing reflection behind me, so I didn't I didn't really know I was getting pulled over until he'd like uh, cut me off. So was right yeah. on so your how ass many miles so did you go? <laughs> That's why. No, I like he just turned him on when I was at a light, and then as I started to make the turn, I could see him. So I, I pulled okay, over. real quick little side turn. Did y'all see the video of that? cop who pulled over a bike after a chase and the biker finally pulled over turned the engine off was getting off of the bike and the cop ran up to him and did a exactly. flying two-footed kick and knocked him over Drop kick. <laughs> it, which was a little excessive because the guy had like turned the bike off had his hands in the air and was getting off and this innocent cop, people don't but, run Liza. but Wait. in the cop's defense excessive? in cop's defense it had been a high-speed chase Adrenaline. the guy gave up and the cop just came out flying kick it was pretty funny this is my chance I'm going to be on YouTube. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> anyway, so... Oh, no, that sounds so like I, a, a new so motorcycle I, and a trip to me. <laughs> so, I, I, so anyway, that was like it, and, I, and I, I was able to convince Mary that it was a, it was a good idea that I painted. This you, you're very persuasive. Perfect. Opera. I'm always did, looking did for an angle. Did you use Google to persuade her? I didn't need to. This <laughs> I, yeah, I, I brought my, like, whatever. You know, I, I, I came home and I said, hey, you know, I got to fix this. It's not working. Uh, uh, well, I... I can attest that you did a very good job. I'm I saw these pieces in person, and uh, what you did like three coats of base, three color, three two base, and three, then like three, three top players. coats, and then you got your friend to buff them. Yeah, and fuck, they look shiny. I'm waiting like, to see. I know you can you can see a little blemishes here and there, but that's just what comes. It's nature of the beast with with spray bombs. Um, but comparatively to some compared other to what stuff you I've had, seen, dude, it fucking yeah. looks good, and you can get a pretty good. Uh, paint job with, with spray bombs as long as you get the finish right the prep and the finish is what yeah. it's all about it's pretty rad but for a spray it, job. Yeah, that's the thing is too it's not I, I don't feel like I, I feel like the quality of the paint is one thing and I don't think the rattle can is really that big of a deal it's the preparation right I mean it's like tedious it's sanding sanding then, sanding yeah you, I could paint every part in, in like the whole bike in like less than an hour but then it's like setting know. up my station to do okay. it who's in line four is getting stolen <laughs> That sounds like a... Oh. Uh, and Lucas gets up. Oh, cool. um, no one wants a Oh, it's gone Lucas. now. Um, Kat, you brought your uh, Ninja 250 in today because you said it's been having some problems. Yeah, it's been idling funny. Um, <laughs> so what did you find the problem was? Um, I thought it was one of the jets that was clogged, so I came in initially to clean my carbs. And uh, then when Doug came over... It it was that my clutch was adjusted really in because I have tiny little T-Rex hands and um, I like to right. be able to have my comfort zone very quickly. Now let me let me ask you this: It was not idling properly when it was in gear and you were holding the clutch in, right? It well, okay. Not if it was in neutral. If it was a few things when i would start out it would be really obscenely low idle to the point where the first like 15 minutes i'd be riding if i pulled the clutch in it would die um and then by the end of getting to work it would be idling around like three or four wow and so that was that was where i was like "Ah, ah i mean i wait for it to warm up i like turn off the choke i only use half choke like i do all these things that i've been told to do and it does it's still i don't know but it seemed to be uh, not idling as high but we'll we'll try and start it after it gets dark and gets cooled down and and we'll see where it's where it's idling when when we when we leave tonight yeah um if you want like i could borrow it for a couple days and just kind of ride it and see what's going on 
because um, it'll be you know I'll write it morning, afternoon, night, and yeah, no, that's just kind of totally... get an idea what's going on. That that might help. It's hard to diagnose when it's just sitting here in the parking yeah. lot when it's already warm. You know, mm-hmm. my so. band at six hundred was doing the exact same thing, like exact, mm-hmm. and then we put sea uh, foam through it, two containers of sea foam. Yeah, the problem is that the. Is it the, the idler jet was clogged, so the guy who was fixing it, who had it before me, turned, yeah, turned the, the idle up. turned the idle up, right? Which meant it ran fine initially because the idle was so far up. Mm-hmm. But then once it warmed up, it was revving high. Yeah. yeah. So when we put the sea foam through and it cleared the jets up. Then you then it was you know idling high initially, but that's an easy fix of turning down the right. The, it's yeah. I, what was the initial problem though? You're saying that you're saying that it's clogged. The idle tip it was clogged. oh okay. So basically, the carp <coughs> the carp is clogged clogged because it sat for five years. Right. Yeah. But once I just and, and that was my 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 mechanics like dude just like run sea foam through it. I don't want to see you. Mine sat uh-huh. for about a year. Yeah, try some sea foam. Yeah. We should try some sea foam. Yeah. Don't you got to rinse that out too? No, it just burns right through. It burns through. It's and a gas yeah. additive. Justin? <laughs> yes. You had a new toy. Ooh, you yeah, your Justin. Bike today. Well, I felt that after 94,000 miles <laughs> on a non-adjustable, non-serviceable rear shock, it was probably about time that I put something else in there. So the marshmallow got replaced mm-hmm. with an Olin's with about 3,000 miles plus minus on it. Oh, you call nice. it the marshmallow, huh? All it, I can attest is definitely a marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> he said it's definitely a marshmallow. <laughs> um, so yep. I was a little worried sexy. about having to get the fix in there but it actually took about two hours nice. like that and uh slotted right in um torqued everything down and the big problem is that that bike it has the f800 has a problem with the top bolt on the shock mm-hmm. that if you ride if you do something like oh i don't know don't notice when you're bottoming it out <laughs> you don't hear you only hear that sign after you crash but um that's probably why you crash in a hollister right on the trail it's because of your rear shock i bet you that's why oh uh, which bike on the F800. When did I crash on the? Eight, on you were Hollister? right behind me. Yeah, you were right behind Wait, me. On, on Hollister? No, he no. crashed in Metcalf with the F800. No. The F800, I crashed in Metcalf. That was in Hollister. You no, ran in a puddle. That was in Hollister. I remember you, you went in a puddle. Boring. In okay, next. <laughs> uh, well, so the change was, one, I took it for a test ride, and then I took Megan for a test ride. Oh, okay, yeah. Because normally with the old shock, I could hit a corner hard and just throw sparks off the uh, the center the, the center stand. Because it compressed real nice. And it was, you know, was kind of nice. I'm not going to have to get some little uh, 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 titanium clips for the outside of my boots so I can drag my boot and get the same spark results. But uh, <laughs> And the buzz is back. It's it, the, 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 the shock is hard enough. It's actually transmitting the buzzy tires to the, to the bike. <laughs> well, the other one was so soft it wasn't transmitting anything to the bike. Mm. Yeah. And let's see. Davey, you came in to replace a chain on wah, your new-to-you R6. I did. I um, I had just purchased this R6. It um, it had high miles. I knew the guy because I worked with him. Uh, it had forty nine thousand miles on it. So when I bought it, I brought it in and had the valves adjusted to it. And he uh, he had purchased a new chain. He said, "Here you go. Since that you're buying it, I don't want the chain. I don't even know what to do with it." And so when I brought it in today, I thought, "Okay, well, this is a perfect time to change it over." You know, I got down there. I cut off the old too. chain because it was riveted on and. Uh, turns out it was about three links short. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Wait, did you get new sprockets too? No, no. I didn't. I just you got new. Probably chain. want to get new sprockets too, because then they're just going to eat up the chain. That's a religious well, debate. Yeah. Since you got to buy a new chain now, you might as well look into the sprockets. It doesn't hurt. We'll have, we'll have to see. I'm I'm going to I'm looking at chains to see if I yeah, can overnight if you, if you it. If you get like yeah. a a four tooth less sprocket, you, that chain will fit. 
<laughs> It'd be a total highway sprocket. Oh, but, uh, great idea. Or you could just go buy another master link. Just put two front sprockets no, on it. You don't want two, you don't want two master links on a on a so, chain. So does it yeah uh? No, no. <laughs> so you're telling me you have an R6 and it doesn't yeah uh? Not with no chain, no. Oh. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't say yeah uh. <laughs> well, I mean, it might. It just won't go anywhere. <laughs> and uh, let's see. And Cat, you're not the only one. Watch. Bagel, you successfully split the case on your Bajaj engine today. I did, finally, after and many tries. What was keeping that from splitting? Well, it turns out that it was incomplete knowledge of the internals of a Bajaj engine that differs slightly from a vintage Vespa motor, which I was hoping was not the case but it turned out to be the case and so what i needed to do was take the kickstart lever off like you said suggested yeah i was oh. right again <laughs> wait, and, wait did you record it when he said it because just now okay good. Yeah. just now no yeah. that's that's really two for liza you were right liza <laughs> and uh, so once i once i got the the kickstart lever off and, and actually pushed the kickstart uh shaft through the this the side of the case then it finally came off um, yeah, there was a, a bearing on the end of the clutch shaft that prevented the kickstart shaft from uh, from 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 coming off, basically. Um, so, yeah, so it was it was a big kind of puzzle that was keeping the the engine held together when I was trying to take it apart. Finally, got it apart, replaced the rear axle, and then broke one of the engine case studs. Yeah, so yeah. now I've got to get that along with gaskets and stuff. But it, the axle has been replaced, which is the goal of this effort. So I'm making good progress and getting towards completion. So, Doug, I like how we were trying to figure out how to split the cases and we were looking for leverage and decided to, there were some bolt holes around one of the shafts and if uh -huh. we got, we needed to get like a six inch uh, circumfer or six inch um, diameter, quarter inch thick metal steel plate yep. that we could drill out and make a, you know, a mount to put the puller on. So we went over to Allen's and what do you think we found in his backyard? Oh, yeah. Six a inch, six inch quarter inch diameter, plate. quarter inch plate, pre-cut out, a stack of them. Nice. Yep. And uh, so I used nice. that, drilled it out, put it on. It's nice to have a neighbor like, a like that. Uh -huh. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> Yeah, so you got that split, so you're on the way, which is cool. Yep, yep. so hopefully in another couple of weeks we'll be back together. And and Mason, you also had some more success splitting an engine. Yeah, yeah, I finally got the right side of the um, case off of that 100cc two-stroke. After a lot of effort, it turns out it had um, like a silicone seal on it yeah. and gasket maker and the gasket yeah so oh, really? <laughs> it, yeah it took it took a while to figure out where i was gonna hit it with the mallet to like get it off but um eventually i took off this like rubber tube and put a piece of wood in there and hit it and it just popped off found, you found a good leverage point yeah yeah and then uh, i replaced the broken kick starter shaft and uh, we're just waiting on the seals now good we made progress on that so doug you did shit today yeah What'd you do? I, I did the the break-in valves on the YZ250F. Um, well, I rebuilt the the motor and then ran it a few times, and then I went in and redid the valves today. You need to have that running good. Why is that? Ah, uh, because my, <laughs> <laughs> my, my RM125 took a crap on Wednesday at Hollister Hills. And by oh, crap, no. you mean what? Uh, well, Josh and I went out, and Josh's two-stroke is in pieces too. Um, 
so he borrowed my YZ250F, and then I was on the RM125. And the, like the last camping trip, I could kind of tell that the piston was on its way out. It had like a good year on it of, of abuse. Um, but I was thinking, you know, like I can get one more day out of it. But no, they, they fail quickly. They don't just uh, fail over time. Yeah. Piston said nope. Yeah, Piston's like, nope. So Liza promised, or made me promise that I'd do all the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> nope. So normally, like, a good sound, a uh, two-stroke goes ring, 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 and comes down and goes up uh, at, like, a good, um, consistent, you know, sound. Uh, but like at the end of the last Hollister trip, the camping trip, it was kind of doing this and so um, we, we decided to do one more loop on uh, Harmony Gate and so we got to the end of the turnaround <laughs> spot and then it was doing this this fucking and I was like Josh we gotta go back right now I think that's, that's my new like, ringtone yeah <laughs> we're, uh, we're like five minutes away from the day use area and I was just going and I was trying to keep it not from revving too high and it just girl <laughs> and that was it and uh, it, it, it seized uh, so worst case scenario is that the piston melted and threw melted metal into the uh, transmission area and I'll have to split the case to clean that out and hopefully no bearings got fucked up uh, best case scenario I just replaced the piston and uh, throw the top end back together so, so so you haven't opened it up yet no uh, I had to keep my good running dirt bike better running ah. uh <laughs> Instead of just doing an inspection, which was what I would have done today. So, well, it probably didn't melt the piston, but it probably blew a hole in it, is my guess. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. see, because that's what happened to Josh's piston. He yeah. blew a hole through the, the the top melted. Yep. And there's a good quarter inch, like half inch hole in the top of his piston. Mm. So, um, I'm hoping it's the best case scenario, of course. But uh, I do have a backup. So that that's... piston was replaced two, two, three years ago. Yeah, you oh, and John did oh, yeah. it, right. I, I knew it was fresh when I got it, but I've been out like 12, 13 times. Huh. So, I mean, it's just And it he's was been just up time. a creek bed since then. Been up a creek bed. I, I've used that thing, so... Um, you, didn't, yeah. you didn't hydrolock it, did you? No. Okay, that's good. No. No, there was no, just like boulders and trees he had to cross. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it was a like, quite impressive creek. Yeah. <laughs> the video's up. Oh, the yeah, video's, okay. yeah. video's up. It's like a 13-minute video. It's it's pretty cool, actually. Where is it people us? See that? Or it's us. It's me and you in the front. Um, and oh, awesome. basically, I'm recording myself and you a lot. So Okay. Wow. Is yeah. that on the Recycle? It's YouTube, on. YouTube? Uh, if you go to YouTube and go to MC Slug, that's all one word, MC Slug. It's, uh, it, I think I believe the video is called Gnarly Trail at Harlist, uh, Hollister. Go to MC Slug if you want to see more yuh uh. Yeah, there's <laughs> lots of yuh uh there. MC Slug, that's Josh's uh, YouTube page. Yuh uh is better than I yuh uh. <laughs> and I actually did something yesterday before all you mooks got in here and took up my time. But um, I got the ballistic battery in from Ballistic. They sent me a replacement for the triple, put it in. And last time I they had said, um, remember, I, I turned the battery into a volcano. And they <laughs> said, well, yeah, that can only happen from a hard right. short. It's definitely That's you. Not it's not us. covered, but... We're going to go ahead and give you a free one, you know, because you've had a hard time with the battery. So I got it and checked all my wiring. No blown fuse, no damaged wiring, no cross wiring, nothing melted in my system. Only thing that melted was the battery and the battery um, main cables. We'll just put in the new one, hooked it up, bike started right up. You sure they weren't just like covering their asses? Yeah. 
Right. Oh, it's yeah. your fault, but we'll, we'll send you Of course they're going to say it's not their fault. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I can think, though, is that... There's probably a small known issue that they just don't want to bone up to or man up to. The what And the bike, when I was trying to start it, sat a while, and plus I didn't realize that it was uh, low on gas, so I was just sitting there and cranking it and cranking it and cranking it. Yeah. And I think it just overheated the battery, which I didn't know was possible. Well, it's a nickel metal hydride right yeah. or is it lithium polymer which is even more volatile than fucking nickel. nims yeah. so if it's yeah i mean yeah, those batteries are just generally temperamental and you know i did a lot of uh you know rc hobbies and stuff and we use lipos and we use nims and there's a disclaimer on each battery it says battery is volatile charge the thing in a coffee can so <laughs> It may cause bursting into flames yeah. and stuff. So it, the batteries are just generally volatile. So they look really pretty when you set them on fire, though. Oh yes. Well, yeah. especially if they're Chinese. If it if really it ever <laughs> says do not throw it in fire, do yourself a favor and throw it in the fire. <laughs> just stand back and don't stand back yeah, and don't put breathe. Some safety goggles. <laughs> oh, should we bring all my old uh, ballistic batteries to the rally? Yes. Oh, <gasps> that would be fun. Yes. Can we throw batteries in the fire? We can make the, are we like hurting Mother cartridge? Earth and shit by like it, throwing batteries in a fire? It looks like <laughs> one of those safe and sane fireworks, except for not neither safe nor sane. Right. <laughs> um, it, multiple colors goes. I almost got shot over one of those things. It's a amusing story. I won't tell now. <laughs> okay. Um, Bless you. I wanted to uh, cover some emails real quick. Um, we had a listener, let's see, this was, there we go, Tim. He sent us uh, pictures from the Handbuilt Motorcycle Show in Austin. Y'all, this play, this thing is amazing. These are all really nice hand-built motorcycles, like a lot of aluminum work and stuff like that, like pieces of art. I didn't know this show existed. So if you guys want to check out the Handbuilt Motorcycle Show, it looks like it just happened uh, beginning of April, but it's really cool. I mean, I'm and they're this built kind of by show. hand. Yeah, that's like metal work. Like um, so they well, like crazy. This physically is, uh, bent all the pipes. This is themselves. like Rolling Sands kind of. <laughs> um, uh, I'm thinking like you know Manx tank. Pounded shape. Yeah. Metal work stuff it's like that. Shiny aluminum. You can't go wrong with that. Ooh, shiny. <laughs> Don't you have to, so, like, polish that or something? Yes. Yeah, it's totally well, Which is why there's something wrong with that. You have to polish it or wash it or something. Yeah, it's right. It's a piece of art, man. Yeah, if you live near the ocean, <laughs> you have to polish to it daily. Oh, and then I wanted to uh, thank Nick for sending us in our intro uh, that we yeah, used tonight. Yeah, that shit's funny. <laughs> yep, that was awesome. <laughs> that was really funny. Oh, and then uh, here we go. This is a good one. This is from our friend no Matthew. Um, hey, uh, M&Mers. It's a good thing the old adventure bike riders have thick skins underneath our color-coordinated adventure suits. <laughs> good show, and I laughed a lot. By the way, if you cut me in half, you would count 54 rings. Drive <laughs> Wait, who said that? Was I that, don't remember. That was, no, that was, that was Antonio, I think. Yeah, I think uh, it was yeah. Antonio. Yeah. Said, dry those wet spots behind your ears, you young pups. Keep it up. That was funny. I well, listened to that. Max. podcast the other day yeah so that's from max uh oh and he, he included jpegs from his non-starbuck rides <laughs> <laughs> they went to the verve <laughs> oh. you, they went to Pete's starbucks too mainstream <laughs> and let's 
see, I think. I got the feeling yes. I have to defend my peeps eventually. <laughs> so, we're going to play a little game. Now, um. Who's in my I- mouth? <laughs> oh, no. Just Come on, it's a great game. It's just a fun game. Let's turn off the lights. Okay, so. Uh, spin the bottle. This. <laughs> <laughs> Who's snoring? Well, not really spin the bottle, but oh, that one's something obvious. else in the bottle. Okay, so for people who listen to the Adam Carolla podcast, oh, I, this is a blatant ripoff from him because I thought this was funny. He does a bit called Hypothetical Road Trip. So I, I borrowed that, and we're going to do our own Hypothetical Road Trip. So this is really simple. Megan, I'm going to start with you Why? on this first one. Because um, <laughs> you haven't spoken yet. Because <laughs> I'm tired. And it, it's really simple. I care tired. about batteries. Fuck everything. First, <laughs> Megan, you should know there is no there is no wrong answer. So hypothetically, um, you've got a family There's event. There's always a wrong answer. you got a family event down in San Luis Obispo you have to go to, but, oh, your car and motorcycle aren't working. But you have a couple options. You can either get a ride on the back of Lucas's Jixer. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you mean another ride on the back of my Jixer. <laughs> yeah, once was enough. <laughs> or you can borrow my rat bike. Ooh. Oh. So, which, oh, this is like a who would you rather fuck? And you give two really, <laughs> really ugly people. So remember, there is no wrong answer. So that which would Jack you rather Jack Nicholson now or Jack Nicholson 1970? Would you rather ask? get there or not get there? No question. Uh, Jack, could, younger than Jack I Nicholson. Could I ask my grandparents to borrow their car? No, they there's no time. Town. You must choose. Because um, then, then you'd have to be stuck with Lucas. Yeah. Because he's <laughs> Do I want to be stuck with Lucas? He's probably your ride back, down, too. Like, yeah. every, like, <laughs> you want to be stuck with Lucas or stuck on the side of the road? <laughs> At least I'm entertaining, you know. Being on the side of the road is boring. You did say earlier, where's Lucas? I need entertainment. Yeah. I did say that. You actually I, called me and told me but to go. No, being, being a passenger on something like a Jixer is really, really, really uncomfortable. Oh I'm going to have to go with Rat Bike because I always know that... I can get help if I'm stranded on the side of the road. No offense to you, Lucas, but I would, I would, I think if I were to get off the back of the Jixer after like three hours of riding on the back, I would like collapse because my knees would. I I don't blame you at all. Riding on the back of a sport bike is fucking scary too. Yeah, it's fucking scary because you're sitting up like the highest thing on the bike. Yeah, yeah. What sport bike were you on the back of? I've been on the back of multiple people's sport bikes. I've been it's on the back of my own sport bike. On, on the <laughs> other hand, my, my ex-girlfriend would fall asleep on the back. So what you do, wheelie, and she uh, falls on off the highway. So, <laughs> Megan? Yeah. I'd have to fucking slap her arms to keep her uh, awake. Is she a narcoleptic, or are you just that boring? Maybe she's the current. Ouch. I tell you, you're Ouch. doing it wrong if they can't. So, I'm sorry, that was a wrong answer, because as you've heard, I haven't changed the oil filter in that bike ever, and <laughs> oh. it would surely break down, you wouldn't get there, at least on Lucas's bike, you would get but, there. But someone would stop. There, there were no wrong answers. answers. There's no wrong answers. I don't know if I would There's get There's only there a less wrong answer. So, you get, the, you get the rat bike about or 50 miles down the road, it breaks down, you push in the you push into the ditch, and hitchhike the rest of the way. There you For, go. So and there you don't have to, And a, now, we don't ever have to deal with the rat bike ever again. Liza's <laughs> rat Somebody toes it, and now you gotta pay the impound fees. Then you gotta deal with it again. It's a 79 CB. Then Liza has to pay the impound fees. Yeah, well, Liza's gonna like shove her foot up your ass, so you gotta deal with that. (laughs) So, so Liza, unless you're into that. Did you mean that there are no right answers? No, no, there's no wrong answer. All right, the next one is for Doug. Zach's gonna read this one. Oh, geez. All right. So, you're going to Daytona Bike Week. 
and you can either now this this is totally hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what it's called. It's hypothetical. Um, <laughs> you can either ride in the back of Justin's F eight hundred or oh, yeah. take Bagel's Vespa two fifty. The F eight hundred. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. No offense, Bagel. Well, un- unfortunately, yeah, right. that is also <laughs> the wrong answer because <laughs> Justin wants to take all the back roads and you, you'll just miss the whole Even thing. better. I, I, <laughs> it's like a triple win. <laughs> triple win. <laughs> what you're implying here is that I can't travel as fast on the back roads as everybody else does on the, on the super slide. No, you're that would be to... actually... Do you want to organize something? <laughs> I'd be down to just ride, dude. dude. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Apparently, I think we've been challenged that we can't make it there we'll, on we'll back roads there, as fast as... We'll get there and turn around and come right back. Uh, you know, <laughs> see the paddock girls, turn around, we're good. <laughs> uh, Justin, this one's for you. And remember, there's no wrong answer here. Uh-huh. Yeah, Liza. <laughs> <laughs> the last two questions. All right, so um, you're going to take a nice ride up Empire Grade into the hills here. One hey, of our we just favorite rides. today. And you're either going to be doing it on... Cat's Rebel 250. I don't have that anymore. She Technically, it's not my bike. Or, or you can take Knox XR650R. Which of these bikes would you rather take White. for a nice uh, ride? Don't through what? The hills? Is the Rebel. Who is this? Don't do Ma- it. Is this for you? This That's is for, for Justin. Justin. Why is that even like a? Debate? Why is that even like a concept or choice? Oh, just wait. So. Yeah. XR650R Supermoto or a Rebel 250. <laughs> Which bike would you rather take? That's all. And I don't own either of them, right? Right. Right. XR. It ain't coming back, but I'm going to have a whole lot of fun. There we go. No, that's the wrong answer. Um, that's a lot of bike. You're, you're going to get two speeding tickets. It's going to go on your record. You're going to get your license suspended. That was a bad decision. You can't get a okay. speeding ticket on the Rebel. You're Want to make yeah. a bank? The Rebel, yeah. the Rebel that sounds was, like a challenge. The, the Rebel was a smart yeah. choice. Cat, uh, challenge accepted. You, I've gotten a speeding ticket on a Ninja 250 before. Oh, yeah. And Rebel 250 you're assuming Ninja that I'm going to get a ticket. I'm a white, middle-aged male wearing right gear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> With a military ID. With a military ID and, and, vet, and, and veteran stamp. We're good. I'm done. But you know what Knox says? <laughs> you know what Knox says? Knox says that cops don't even see you when you're on a supermoto. He's like, they only look yeah, at the Knox sport bike. Yeah, Knox full of shit. That's yeah. what I thought that too. I'm like, no way. That bike is like, brah. You tell cops them are red, like, red is the most targeted color. That, there might be a little bit of truth to that because when I yeah. moved to the Enduros and to the um, V-Stroms and those sort of things, I stopped getting speeding tickets for the most part. Well, the goal is that yeah. you ride faster than the, the ass hat on the on the sport bike and the cops see the guy on the sport bike and you're already gone yeah, yeah. Like, I was I on 280 no actually no I was on 280 I was playing with some Hayabusas um, there's two Hayabusas what, when was this? I was on before this when you got the ticket with the 250? no <laughs> <laughs> though I probably could school them with, uh, with the 250 right. so uh, anyways I got pulled over I was playing with these Hayabusas and then I noticed they weren't behind me anymore so <laughs> weird where'd they go? where'd they get? oh shit yeah <laughs> got pulled over yeah. and got a warning Oh, nice. Wasn't that the one where he commented on your um, skill and aggressive lane changes? I think so, yeah. (laughs) Those were very, very effective but aggressive lane changes, and you should probably dial it down a little bit. Yeah, um, and I really think it was the V-Strom Adventure Tour sort of thing that kind of threw them for... I didn't get ticketed for doing 85 and 55 in Nevada with California plates. Wow. Wow, you're good. (laughs) That must be the coolest cop in existence. Next question. (laughs) 
All right, so Lucas, yeah. this one is for you. All right. Think, think smart now. Okay. You see how this game works. I'm a works. very logical thinker. I can you see that. how this game works. <laughs> yeah. Here's your choices. I didn't say I made good decisions. I said I'm a very logical thinker. So, you write a jigsaw, of course not. So you, you are doing a track day at right. Laguna Seca. Okay. You can either mm. take Mike's SV650 or you can take my Shadow 500. SV650. Do you Ooh. do you want to think about that? You want to no. think about that? No. Is that the end of the question? Is that your? Well, final you don't answer? need headlights, so the SV yeah, is great. Um, let's see. <laughs> the only thing that's bad with the SV <laughs> is that it's got a shitty suspension, but it's still a better track bike. No, he's got a, a he's got a, well, a he's got a ZX10 really right now. That doesn't solve the problem. Well, I know the SV650 suspension is already shit. It's like one of the worst stock suspensions ever. Everyone knows that. So well, mm, I don't. Know. You sure, SV? Yes. All right. Okay. Well, why would I ride a track day on a cruiser? You unfortunately <laughs> that that was the wrong. It depends. Answer. Are you riding yeah. to the track, or are you trailering? Uh, you can trailer. Yeah, you can, trailer. If you're trailer. riding to the track, doing a track day, then riding back, you know it's an hour. I've already hour learned firsthand that's a really. Then bad you probably idea. want to do no, the no, shadow. No, yeah. I, I thought you were smarter than that, Lucas. No. So I'm why not, is he apparently. wrong? He's wrong because Mike just spent three weeks. St- Prepping and painting those things, and if you and if you crash it, he will strangle you. <laughs> and you die. You die. He wants to already. That would so, just be. The, uh, oh, yeah. Well, if I rode your shadow around the track, I'd kill myself out of shame. So. <laughs> I think I'll take my chances. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's see. Things a great track, bike. Come on. <laughs> yes, because okay, you've done all those track what, track days on it, right? Because you've done <laughs> one. You're not exactly an expert. Who keeps starting bikes out there? That would be Mike. Is that Mike? Yeah. Let's see. Um, okay, Adrian. Okay, what's up? Congratulations. You're going on a Baja adventure trip. Sweet. Talk yeah. to show. So, you're, not, not Tijuana. <laughs> your available bikes are either Megan's XR two hundred, or Andrew's Triumph Tiger. Um, I'm actually going to go with the XR two hundred. You sure? Yeah, I actually am. No, I'm sorry. That was the wrong answer. The Tiger is dependable, but the XR200, the problem with that is it's running good-ish right now, and you're going to get some faith in it, and you're going (laughs) to go away from the road, and it's going to break down at a crucial moment when you're too far away from civilization, and sadly, you didn't bring enough water. Right. You Actually, will. Adrian, than breaking you the really question is whether or not oil. Andrew knows you have his tiger. That, that is <laughs> a good question. No, see, he would loan me his tiger, right. tiger for that because sort of thing. if you if he didn't, you could just sell it in Cabo and fly home. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Come on. I, I don't usually do this. I'll give you an opportunity since nobody has gotten this right yet. Do you, would you like to change your answer? No. No, <laughs> I would still the take the XR200. Um, the Triumph is obscenely <laughs> heavy for any sort of off-road like that, even though it's supposedly designed for it. The ergos on it actually really suck for me because um, I've sat on it and ridden it before. Uh, Andrew did let me have it for a while and spin out with it. Um, I keep hitting my shins on the front guards. And honestly, it's too high-tech for an off-road bike. It's also a cheap knockoff of mine. It actually is <laughs> more base horsepower and... Um, 
torque than yours. It's and you still... don't have to take it to a BMW certified mechanic. <laughs> yeah, okay, if you think finding like a mechanic out in Baja is going to be hard, you can find a Honda mechanic out there. Finding a Triumph mechanic out there, pretty good luck. I, I think it really just comes down yes, to... A... <laughs> do you want to die of thirst out on the stranded XR200 or on the Triumph uh, because it, it can go so many places you suddenly find that you've wandered into a pot field guarded by the cartel and <laughs> you've got a really nice bike and you're going to be in the ground in a few minutes so at least that would be a quicker death I would think I'm getting the feeling but, that they are two wrong answers. Yeah, the Triumph. <laughs> also, the Triumph is Triumph is British. It wants moist, foggy, wet weather, not Baja. It also wants its electronics to stop working. <laughs> that too. Land Rover owners are probably really pissed. <laughs> well, that that wraps up our new game, hypothetical road trip, where there is no wrong answer. So you, except here's one for, for you. What would have been my? What, what, why? What would have been the wrong answer if I'd picked going with Lucas? Oh, because he's going to try and uh, fifth gear wheelie, and you're going to end up on your back. Butthole road rash. Liza, you got to. Do you know fast I'd have to be going to do a fifth gear wheelie? You've got to go to LA. You've got that extra weight on the back, though. From Santa Cruz, and you've got this thing, which is a XL70 with a 125 engine. Correct. Or you have your XL175 outside. Which one are you going to take? Um, you have to get to L.A. Uh, the XL175 is running in this hypothetical. Mm, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as good as it can. As good as it can, <laughs> which is not a lot of confidence. This is simple. I'm taking the XL70-125. Okay. Because that's, that's the wrong answer. Nobody wants to go to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> I just figure when the XL70 runs out of gas, at least I can throw it in somebody's trunk. Yeah. <laughs> well, the True. rust is taking up three quarters of the space in the gas tank, so <laughs> it might help when you get rid of the rust. Exactly. So I wanted to um, bring something up. I, I found it interesting. I was just uh, reminiscing the other day about my motorcycles and realized that my SR500, my rat bike, and my uh, XS750 are all 1979 models. And I thought back to cars I've had. I had a 1979 Citroen and um, a Fiat Spider 2000, 1979. And I started thinking about why is 1979 in my wheelhouse? Why have I been drawn to 1979? Because you're so, old. Yeah. <laughs> the question I'm posing to everyone is what in, in, in your mind, what is the golden era, decade, or year? Um, and Blaze, come on and fill that seat. You can jump in on this. Um, You've been officially requisitioned. Yeah. So I want to find out from people what is their, what do they think is the real sweet spot for motorcycles? Because, and scooters uh, for Bagel over there. Um, because we're taking into account there's there's style, there's quality, there's price, there's um, technology. There's a lot of different things that may be ringing true for you. So I'm really interested really interested in what you have to say because you're you're driving or you're riding a, a brand new CBR 300, right? I am a 2015. Yeah, exactly. How do you like it? Uh, it's the most fun under 70 miles an hour I've had. Really? <laughs> good, good, good. Does it? Uh, uh. <laughs> no, it nah. kind of just blah. <laughs> and that's a it's a thumper, right? It is. It's a yeah. single. Sweet. 
Isn't it only like 280 cc or something like, like that? It's like yeah, 290 or something. something like I remember. Like that. I remember. Like it's always a few less than what it actually like says it is. Not even close or something like that. No, it's always six inches. <laughs> <laughs> so, Doug, what do you think? What is your? What do you think is like the golden era? I don't know. There's that's such a fucking loaded question. Doug didn't do his research. No, I didn't. You didn't do your homework. Nope. You're gonna have to stay um, after class, young man. <laughs> I like. Uh, I gotta say, like, I don't know. It depends. Are we talking about California bikes or? Well, because California bikes are all there, fucking. In this up. one, there really is no <laughs> wrong answer. <laughs> Lies. I don't know. Uh, I really like the way the the '90s bikes look. Um, I think in the later aughts to the to the aughts and a halfs, which is where we're at now, um, they they like really sharp edges and. And not much body work to them, but the the like the '90s sport bikes, um, like my ZX7. I love the way that looks. It's kind of bubbly, a little bit boxy, but you know, not minimal. You, yeah. So you like um, like early mid '90s sport bikes, right? Right. So you like the cyan and magenta paint colors? <laughs> they can like be repainted. Color, color dumb, so it doesn't really matter. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's only going to get scraped up the first time you run it down the road. So what's yeah. the point? It's also Cyan and magenta um, gradient with purple wheels. How can you go well, wrong on yeah, the Katana Six Hundred from '94? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Katanas. They look great. They may perform like shit, but they look good. No, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That reminds me of a girl I used to know. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh. Actually, yeah. Along with Doug's statement of like the '90s, the aughts. Um, one thing I don't like about the new new sport bikes that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the shorty exhausts. No. Like, Why not? Don't Why don't like you them. like them? They're they look ugly. fucking stupid. They, they look fucking stupid. Well, I, I think like, I like Undertale. The exhausts get uglier and uglier every year. Yeah, but the I like Undertale. ones look great. L- luckily, like that's the first thing to go if you want to you know, upgrade your bike. They, you they know that. System. But only outside of California. <laughs> yeah, only us. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. There's... Um, and, and to bring up the 70s again, I felt like the... Let's not. The <laughs> 70s... Yeah. There were a lot of questionable underpowered engines back then. I thought everything was um, simpler built. It's easier to work on, but it was solid, good craftsmanship. And how much time have you spent working on the XL175? (laughs) (laughs) And you haven't touched your your Kawasaki yet. (laughs) Yeah, like 40 years later. But you you also had (coughs) the end of the 70s was bringing in the beginning of the era of the the sport bike. It was, you know, you had like the CBX that Honda came up with that was like this crazy six cylinder. It was like the um, Busa of the late 70s, right? Well, you also had in the late in the 70s is when they started figuring out that fairings made a significant difference. And that's why, you know, Craig Vetter made his fortune selling fairings, which then you also have like Dunstall fairings like this one hanging above my head that they were putting onto the the racing bikes which now that was the late 70s, which by the 80s was full fairing sport bikes were coming If out. you can see this thing, it looks like the nose of an airplane. Like, this should be a propeller. <laughs> yeah, it, it. it's a Dunstall. Wait, that's not two airplanes? You're not far, I mean, you're not far off with, like, on uh, uh, on quality bikes, except for they've had time to change, they've had time to prove themselves. Because you're talking about the same time period as the R80, the R80 GS. Yep. The R90. Well, the R80 GS. <laughs> don't, 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 let's not, let's not get off. The R80 GS is, 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 a, is a big leap. Mm-hmm. The Kawasaki KLR650. Which still hasn't changed all that much. Right? Wait, wait, what decade? Late, late, late 80s, early, late, late, late okay. 70s, early 80s. Okay. That the Kawasaki Concourse, 
which well you're in the 80s with all but th- those are 81 it's okay yes. to come out of the 70s yeah. it yeah. really is and we're only talking about a year or two we're talking like between two Star Wars movies <laughs> <laughs> The good ones. Premiering December 25th. Well, but even if we're talking about the concourse, when you're talking about um, just doing maintenance, when you get into the full fairing bikes, the downside is is a lot harder to work on. Whereas you had like, um, you know, a naked GPZ, the late 70s versus the early 80s. The the KLR 650 was on that list and it's got its fairing is uh, small enough that I couldn't use it for a cod piece. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just not touching that one. Um, yeah, we've already gone there. <laughs> so I'm surprised nobody is saying like the. It seems to me though, for a lot of you guys are into performance and technology. In the '90s, was really the heyday for that. Lucas, I, what you do know, you think? I was gonna say, um, I think it's a qualified answer, as in there's not like you said, there's no wrong answer. But I think it depends on a lot of stuff. Like it depends on what kind of bikes they're interested in. You know, what region of the world they're from that sort of thing um but i'm primarily into japanese sport bikes you know as a hamburger consumer if i got a european Super sport bike would that be like oswurst instead of hamburger <laughs> you guys Bratwurst, don't know what Bratwurst. oswurst is that doesn't make sense <laughs> That's okay whatever um anyway i was gonna say like uh i think it wasn't until like the 80s that engines and bikes started to get really reliable i think a lot of it has to do with the carburation as well yeah the carburation's I, gotten a lot better and yeah now that carburation uh, i think in the last like 10 15 years or so has gotten really to uh, probably as good as it's going to get all of a sudden pretty like, much. fuel injection comes around yeah and yeah. so that's just a whole new opens up a whole different world les was talking about like the um late 70s was like the dawn of the sport bike but i'd say right around like 1986 was pretty much when they started seriously considering making like super sports like hey there's a market for taking the super fast racing bikes and like putting plates on them and shit well the the racing on sunday sell on monday yeah, exactly. The racing yeah. circuit drives the the consumer market. Does right. it not? Well, that was yeah. the first time when it really started to get like eclipsed, like it was that close. You know, everything that you're buying was basically what they were racing. You know, even now, if you buy like the most expensive bike you can buy, it's like still kind of a far cry from a MotoGP bike. You know, well, sure. Everything in there is like multi million dollars of R and D and shit, and you know, the consumer bikes are just like, eh, it's a bike. You know, in comparison, but. <laughs> Um, I have a 2008 Jixxer 750, and I really think that, like, 2007 to 2009 are probably, like, the best years for Japanese sport bikes, or maybe even sport bikes in general. What, when did the Jixxer go uh, EFI? Um, I think it was 2003. Okay, that far back, huh? Yeah, okay. it was one of the first bikes, uh, well, not one of the first bikes, it was one of the first super sports that were Japanese to, like, seriously consider doing Okay, it. I I believe so i might be wrong but i think like though those like two or three years right there are kind of the butter zone because like before that you know they didn't have as much tech and that was the point where like they made enough significant advancements like i'd say between like 2004 and 2007 was actually a pretty big deal because you started seeing things like slipper clutches being put in um the jixers in particular got uh, stock electronic steering dampers uh you saw a lot of technology and i know that japanese bikes in particular are kind of quote-unquote budget bikes but I'd say that that's the best, the Goldilocks zone, because after that, you had the, um, you know, recession, quote-unquote, which is really just a depression, and nobody was buying bikes, so they cheaped out on all the components. Um, nobody wants a 2010 Jixxer, believe me. So, mm-hmm. 
everything yeah. that they did after that kind of sucked. We're starting to rebound now, but right. no. only mm. I say we are, but only with the really high end leader bikes. Like the new R1 is definitely a top performer, but I don't know if the new Jixers are really built with as much thought or care as the old ones. You know, I, I actually remember watching. Um, they were testing the new R1 against a whole bunch of other bikes. GSX-R1000 2015 was the lowest horsepower rating of all the bikes. Even Honda had more horsepower than Jixxer, yeah, and that is sad. In terms of Jixxer, they need a refresh. They're selling off the name right now. Yeah. It's like they haven't done anything. You know? So um, that actually leads into my answer oh, of yeah, um, what I think the golden years yeah. are. Um, and yes, I'm going to wuss out a little bit on this one. I'm going to say um, 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. When they're all electric, you mean? Not necessarily all electric, but um, we're That's getting like the all... pinnacle of uh, f- you know internal combustion motors. Then, right? Is yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's some argument that the internal combustion's hit its Concord moment in the car world. Um, you have like the uh, the Bugatti, which is you know never going to be replicated again, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, we'll have wrung everything we can out of internal combustion. Um, we'll have all the race tech that is being you're seeing in the MotoGPs mm-hmm. now because Lucas, you have a great point. It's you know the tech from the race world is what drives consumer market. So the thing is, it trickled trickles down though, and like the gap between the race bikes and the consumer bike is starting to widen again. Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to narrow. Because, well, I mean, we're I getting like traction. Yeah, we're getting traction control. We're getting, you know, the seven-point axis in the R1 now. And it's, you know, there's a lot of good things coming in from race. That's Take a why look at the, uh, at the 300s, the, the whole family of 300s that are coming out. Yeah. I was and just about to say. <laughs> they're, one of, when I was re- looking through reviews, one of the things we're saying is this is as close as you get to race-ready as you're going to get in a, in a, in a street-legal bike. So you're yeah. saying right now we're at the beginning of the, the golden age. Yeah, it, I think it's going to get mm-hmm. better. Because oh, also, I mean, you mentioned the economy, and yeah, it did slump down for a while. It's the economy. We're getting a bit more disposable cash out there, which is going to start driving our sport a little bit more. Well, what about dirt bikes? Uh, dirt bikes? Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, Everyone here has a dirt bike that's like 20 years old. So. Uh, no. Fuck you. Nope. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My dirt bike is really awesome. I like Adrian's dirt bike. Thank you. Um, in terms of where we are in dirt bike tech... Uh, right. Uh, the same thing happens. The, the, the race... The race circuit trickles down to the... the yeah, but there's market, only so, so much they can do on the race circuit. There. Right. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah. All right. well, it sounds yeah. like like things like suspension and brakes are really what's on the uprise now. Like maybe the engines are reaching their peak, but there's still more performance to, to eke out. It's electronics that we're going to be seeing improving in the future. Right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why I like the 70s. I can take it apart and understand it. All the new bikes run off of magic. <laughs> <laughs> so, they run out of magic unless you have like an ODB or something. Bagel, in the scooter world, what do you consider the golden age? Well, as far as scooters go, I would consider the golden age to be the period between 1955 and 1965. Because they haven't changed since then? <laughs> oh, no, they've oh. changed quite a bit. Oh, but, just because you're a hipster, then? <laughs> no, because oh, actually, this was, that was the time when innovation, both in design and technology, uh, sprang forward by leaps and bounds in, in terms of scooters. Uh, the period after World War II, from 1945 to 55, people were mainly just considered con, con, concerned with basic transportation. They just wanted to get from point A to point B, run their errands, you know, be able to get around. So a lot of the scooters that were made in those days were very simple, very basic. Holy shit, that is a huge mm, rat right over really, there. Whoa, that's a possum. Not really designed oh. on... Is that a possum? Where's a possum? Pause. It's in the corner. Pause. <laughs> I think we need to record I this. I thought that was a rat. I was like, yeah, that's fucking so huge. The entire crew is now surrounding <laughs> the 
All right. They, so they found the possum. <laughs> we found a possum. And you should be aware and, uh, that this is a high-density motorcycle area. Keep the broom there. Don't let it come down. <laughs> Here's the gloves, Liza. It's a baby. She's gonna. She's gonna catch it. Liza is the uh, local possum wrangler. Somebody get the phone. Take a picture. Somebody open the door. It's it's teeth are not that long. Why, Liza? Are you trying to cook up some stew? This could be a very bad idea. <laughs> so now that they're all the rest of them are off mic. She's getting a sheep ready. Does anybody else see something really bad happening in your future? Baby, oh yeah, she'll get it. Coward, awesome baby. Just gotta, yes, it's gonna crap. Yes, I have had my rabies shots, and yes, I am staying right here. Here, Megan, you can narrate. Oh God, it's under the Yamaha. Um, Doug is jumping in right now. If you're traveling out o- overseas, I'm friends with a bunch of fucking idiots sometimes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, here's Liza. I'm taking pictures. You all will get to see this. The good thing about oh my God. The good thing about oh. possums is that they play possum. Liza, turn around for the camera. It's gonna like shit Doug move. Oh, That's Lucas's jacket. Get off my jacket. Oh, oh, you suck, Liza. Have you ever cut possum? It's really soft. It's gonna bite Lucas. Oh, hi, cutie patootie. Okay. Here's my picture. Ready? <laughs> oh, my God. Smiling. At least it's not a red. Unfortunately, <laughs> smacking your head against the wall does not <laughs> translate over audio. It's oh smiling too. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's showing its teeth. <laughs> All right, ready to go. Back into it. All right. So, so after what I was saying was after World War II, uh, the uh, people were mainly concerned with basic transportation. But as the mid fifties came around, uh, the economics of of Europe started to improve and people were were more interested in having fun than just having basic transportation and that's when scootering started to get exciting um, starting in 1955 with the Vespa GS 150 which is the first sport, sport scooter ever ever made which was a wild success for Vespa um, they in fact had so so many sales that they could not produce enough bikes and started making them in Germany in addition to making them in Italy it was that popular um, 1957 Lambert came out with the TV 175, which was their their first real high performance scooter. Uh, 1961, Vespa answered with a GS 160, uh, the next version of their sport scooter. 1963, Lambretta again came out with a TV 200. Okay, and then that's good enough. You asked the, the question. Finished, let me just finish. In 1964, then Vespa finish. answered with the SS 180, um, and that whole era with styling and engineering was fantastic. I, I, I will agree. Well, the styling so. is amazing. There was. Yeah, and engineering too. I mean, these were these were fast bikes that that had quite quite just, the cult following. Just watch Roman Holiday. I was actually going to comment on that that that's where the where scooters begin appearing in film. Yeah, yeah which implies that. also enough money from the scooter industry to pay for product placement in film. Yeah. Well, I don't know if there was actually payment for product placement back then. I don't know if that was part of the picture it could have been i don't think they had a whole lot of money in 1952 but it but it, cer- on, it, it certainly helped them that's for sure it is there definitely was product placement going on then yeah but that the was beers. yeah that was yep. 1951-52 but yeah and what do you think yeah and, and especially now because yeah. they're doing the retro scooters now <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, reminiscent of that era yep 
Yeah, well, the, the since scooters aren't about performance, it's all design, right? Uh, it's quite a bit. Performance is even better today than it was back then. Are you doing your yeah. Jeremy Clarkson uh, who impression? Came in, who came in second in the last ride? Really? I mean, <clears throat> so, absolute rubbish. Go ahead. I wanted to. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, what? Sorry. Go. Oh, yes. Oh, Blaze. Sure. Why yeah, not? Go yeah, ahead. go for it. Um, you talk about having a number in your wheelhouse. I've owned yeah. eight O one Hondas, okay. on road and off road. And it goes back to what you were talking about, about squeezing everything you could about the best of the technology. And the, the reason why is that was right on the borderline when Honda decided to go EFI on their street bikes. So you had the F4, which are coming out just after that. And then you had the F4i as an option. Um, it's the last carbureted bike in the Honda series you can really work on easily with just a simple mm-hmm. shop manual. Yeah. But it's also the most reliable as far as the, the performance motorcycles you can get. I've had several F3s in that year. I've had uh, XR250s. I actually just got rid of my fifth XR250 in that year. Yeah. What was the last year? Well, it's a Honda, therefore it is reliable. <laughs> yeah. it was last By year. default. You know what? You might have been right. I think yeah. I had an F4 motor and in then, that frame. Yeah, and then F4 started, I think, in yeah. 2000. Because I, right. I, I had a 97 F3, and I know the manual goes from, like, 92 to 99. Yeah, you know what? I believe you're right. That that yeah. was uh, that was Dan's old bike. had an F4 motor in it from the track. I but got being more able... trouble on that bike than any other single motorcycle I've ever been on. No, <laughs> that was the first time I looked down, and I had to call Dan and ask him how far the speedometer was off when I was coming down off Chimney Rock. And I was like, there's no way I was doing 184 miles an hour. He's like, uh, yeah, you're right. It's about five miles an hour slow. Wait, wait, wait. As a comment. engine to make your bike go 180 miles an hour. Yes, and I just—I find that really yeah. hard to. Believe. No, 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 it, no! It's on an extreme downgrade <laughs> <laughs> with a tailwind. Oh my! Well, and and so as a modified braking at 185 miles an hour, <laughs> which I'm prepping for a turn. Yeah. Which mine as fast as it would go, and it went like 155. So what you should be should know is that Chimney Rock is a two-lane, quasi-paved, lots of big trucks have gone over it and done bad things to it. Road <laughs> that's out behind. Camp Roberts off of 101. Except oh. for that one grade they put in where it's perfect oh. pavement into that sweeping right-hander. And that's I when I just exactly opened it up, you're, what you're talking leaned about. over and looked down. Yep. I was like, no way. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> and I want, the, I want everybody to remember this because if Blaze ever comes back and comments on my riding style, I want you to remember this particular story about Chimney Rock in 184. Okay. Well, that's the same place I jumped that Ducati monster, too, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> it was too red. I mean, the words. Ducati was broken down on the side of the road, and you jumped over it, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh. I should go jump my Jixer as soon as I leave. Man. <laughs> All right, Liza, what's next? Um, I wanted to touch real quickly on Lucas's recent post on oh. the bar forum. Oh, which, which one? Oh, he posts like 80 things a day. I don't think we should. Knox not here. It's all right. Which I thought was very interesting. Well, I wanted to do it. Because... <laughs> oh, I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> Lucas actually wrote a, I thought, a well-written, uh, uh, what do you call it, topic. Rant. Uh, rant. Uh, basically <laughs> saying, why aren't there more female riders out there? Why don't more uh, women? I should ride? go read this. <laughs> um, you should. It's like thirty pages long. It's ridiculous. And it's, he's ranting because wow. he wants to date a chick that rides motorcycles, but he can't. Understand, dude. Yeah. Shut up, Doug. <laughs> Understandably, <laughs> it's a noble. You guy. already have one. He's having a heart. Shut up. <laughs> 
Team Unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I have some theories I'm going to throw out, which of which case I know many of you will shoot down, but especially with Megan and Kat here, knowing that there is not like a solid black line and everyone is on you know all the guys are on one side and all the chicks are on another there are badass chicks and there's wimpy dudes that said we're just talking about you know like <laughs> majority here's guys, some reasons you why you have something I, to say Doug? <laughs> it almost made me shit my beard <laughs> here's some reasons I why I think there aren't female riders one I think that there's still the old tradition that dudes are intimidated by a chick who's badass and that uh, girls are aware of that. They're not encouraged to do things better than the guys because that's not how you get yourself a man. And you, you were always mm-hmm. tall, yeah, right, Liza? Like, didn't well, that I do not. Qual- yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, an outlier. if a girl is taller than a dude, it kind of makes them uncomfortable generally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he gets that a lot. Yeah, actually, me, considering my wife is six foot, yeah, I can attest to that. So um, I don't know if you guys, if anyone wants to comment <clears throat> and thinks that that there are a lot of traditional people out there that you know that don't think that uh, that's one reason I think that women no. don't want to go let out me, there and let me find something so I don't think that um, is so really you're I think there's is. a whole yeah. bunch of things that play into yeah. it and it it's not a, specific sure there's a whole bunch thing. that's one of them and, and for each person I think it's a different reason I didn't start writing for a long time but it wasn't really particularly about anything other than restrictions due to life and uh, and, and remember we live in a progressive state but maybe we definitely in do Kansas, i strongly strongly recommend reading the book uh <laughs> better angels of our nature by plinker who's a psychologist who does this he goes pretty Sounds deep like in, a muppet yep yeah it does <laughs> plinker <laughs> so one of the things that he brings up is that the most dangerous people to a society are males between the ages of 15 and 25 and this goes back to like Ever. the pharaohs One of the things about males between the ages of 15 to 25 is we have certain behaviors that are common. And it actually, it goes all the way to to primates. One of the things about motorcycles is that they are about pushing your physical limits. They're about risk and they're about this response to fear. When you, if you were to take the, uh, remove motorcycles and talk about gangs, talk about um, any physically risky behavior war yes Mm -hmm. yes take a look at the population u.s military even with a lot of effort and there are some amazing female soldiers out there that i've served with but the thing is there is something about and i wish i had the, the the document in front of me it has to do with how our adrenal glands have been developed like rollerblade um can you just sum it up no with as a young dumb and full of cum <laughs> well i could but well, then i wouldn't be nearly as arrogant and you know so yeah i think overeducated okay so i think that there it has there is something to do with what we are biologically whatever geared towards risk-taking etc but i also think that the way in which young women girls are socialized in this country and in all western countries has a lot to do with it when you have a boy or a girl that's little and girl wants to play with tools with her daddy she, she's told no don't worry about it you're gonna break something when a boy yeah. wants to play with tools he is encouraged he is taught and it becomes a bonding session so when a little girl is constantly being told by society when look at look at kids toys oh my god look you're at right. how i just gender. realized that's why i'm gay my dad gave me tools <laughs> <laughs> oh. 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 we figured it out <laughs> 
That's exactly yeah. why you're gay. But you look at little kids' toys. You'll, you're not gonna find any pink screwdrivers or girl or um, tool sets. Actually, not you, generally. Not, not for gen- no, generally you're right. Um, yeah. As a having as having a, a seven year old daughter, I can tell you they make pink screwdrivers. Yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> but that is also fairly recent. Guns too. Also, like, yes. Also, you know, it's a recent well, thing that. It, 20 Toys years ago? No, 20 years ago? Absolutely no, not. You couldn't, yeah. And so you have this whole generation of young women who were told to get out of the garage, that they were going to break something, that they were going to fuck something up. And so you have a lot of women that just aren't comfortable. Yeah, there's still old traditions being carried yes. out. Yeah, the, and I think it has to do with all the way we're socialized. Yeah, and I think I think that's still very pervasive. I think things are starting to change. Yes. And, and some people are, are taking a much more open-minded approach and, and letting their children gravitate toward toward whatever they're interested in instead of prescribing certain gender-based ideas of what they should or shouldn't do. But I think that 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 is exactly what has has pigeonholed men and women into certain categories for so long. I was somebody who was never really put into that box, and I was given tools and encouraged to use anything I wanted. I didn't really know there was a difference. You're an outlier. But where I have sensed the difference is I've never had an interest in learning how to do a wheelie. To me, it's like, it's not worth the risk. I might crash. What if I loop my only mode of transportation? (laughs) Yeah, get a butthole road rash. Um, I'm just saying, I think it comes down to what I was talking earlier about. I don't think women get the same payoff as you guys do because I don't get that adrenaline and testosterone and like, you know, I I don't get a payoff for taking taking, taking the risk. But Liza, do do you enjoy riding fast, though? To a point, she but not to. as fast as as the guys. I'm She's saying. I'm sorry. I, I'm just not going to buy into the biological essentialism. <laughs> I know. I just, uh, to me, I think um, more. For me, there's more logic. As I'm saying, there's not as much. I think that this question for taking is the risk. too complex for I a bunch of disagree. jackasses sitting in a garage. No, so oh, what I'm on, saying is, I think a lot of women. A lot of women think about the risk that they are taking and because so many people are told that motorcycles are dangerous it's not worth the Mm. risk Whereas guys aren't even going to listen to people; they're just going to do think it. That's the I don't think You know, I th- no, oddly enough, cat. I think that's what my grandmother got my grandmother into riding. Cat, go ahead. So, uh, I think yeah. that there's definitely also a romanticism side of it, where um, in a lot of movies up until a few years ago, men were riding off into the sunset on their motorcycles, going, "Ah, oh, we're we're doing this together. We're bros. We have so this the, bond. The image you're it's saying. a brotherhood. It's a brotherhood. You and a you hear the brotherhood." terms thrown around and you don't you don't really hear it for sisterhood so women look at motorcycles and they go they may go hey that's something i really want to do that's what i did for a long time hey that's something i really want to do but i have nowhere i have no idea where to start all these people they look intimidating i'm too nervous to go up and talk to them it's it's a tight-knit community and it really becomes tight-knit very quickly. I was accepted, like, I felt accepted into this group very quickly. We felt, we felt sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to have that, like, that dough, like, I don't know what I'm doing thing all the time. Oh <laughs> I, I believe your words well, were, That goes into self-confidence issues based yourself? in society's role of the female gender. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that's a lot of that is socially ingrained. In well, us. and there's a lot of male, like, motorcycle role models, too. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. yeah. Right. There's not and, a lot of females. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the other issue that I wanted to bring up, though, is I think that women are, are intentionally excluded a lot of the time from yeah. motorcycle-type mm-hmm. 
events and activities. I mean, I've, I have. You mean unless they bring or their bikinis? bikinis. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Unless unless they are the objects that's supposed to be put up on stage and have water sprayed it's on her or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I agree with. And that. I've I've seen this many many times, and right. it, it bothers me because I think that there there are lots of women who would be interested in riding with with other people and even wrenching on stuff. I worked it but, for almost a year. Yeah. I mean, I had people coming into the sh- the shop where I worked at and. Oh, you ride? Second guessing, yeah. or can I speak oh, to a man, please? Oh, yeah. 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 I had actually no joke. been asked, "Are there any men I can talk oh, yeah. to?" When yeah. I was picked yeah, up, yeah, that's the phone. that's all part it's of that. Yeah. But Vagina havers can't you know, understand bikes. Pe- men would come in and they'd be like, "Oh, so do does everyone here ride?" And I'm like. Yes. 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 That Everyone is a subtle does. Yeah. It's Shed me. It's in the name. Yeah. And, and we, we, all yeah we all ride. Right. And yeah. Yeah. but the the fact is there is nothing biologically that prevents women from being able to ride just the same as men do. This is all sociological constructs. I I'm, I'm gonna get some, I wanna yeah. get some stuff thrown at me at this one because most likely I'm already all right, I'm getting I am. <laughs> that's good. Just get just get ready for it. <laughs> Um, another one of my thank you. <laughs> you know, nice hit actually. Yeah, uh, off your belly. <laughs> so, when uh, I, I did a lot of reading about women in, in the military, actually, you're not going to talk about A10 pilots, are you? No. Oh, okay. A10 pilots are hot. The warhead, the warhog. <laughs> majority of eight, the, the majority of warhog pilots are women. Really? Dang, really? Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. Those things are awesome. They are awesome. They're like they, they do this. <laughs> there's a there's a social factor to this. Um, what Keegan Keegan's a, a, a military historian. He says that the male exemplar in our society is the warrior. Now that what his definition is is not that you're the most lauded person in the room, right? It's that when I'm sitting here and I say, yeah, and Adrian's really fast. Other people saying that you're really good at what you do. You're not half bad. It's a it's a group acclamation that you're really cool, but not with the bravado to it. And that the female ideal is the diva and it's about an attention thing. Whether or not we want to talk about if it's societal or biologic, and it's probably both. There's probably elements of both to this. What we are trained to want in this world, motorcycles give men the chance to compete to be the, the supreme warrior, the guy who everybody says, yeah, and that guy's out in front. It doesn't necessarily give the the, the diva like because, well, quite honestly, we all look kind of stupid in, in riding gear. Um, however, <laughs> that's why, you can that's still why pull. No, hold, ride around in like sports bras well, and wait. Things. I want to get shut up. <laughs> um, however, I would disagree with that one a little bit. The fact that um, being number one on a podium, you there's plenty of diva aspects to that one. Yeah, look at yeah, Rossi. Look at um, Villapoto. Look <laughs> at some of the others, especially. Okay, Rossi is a good example. Filippota, I just don't like. Sorry, um, but what about there's Jenny definitely Pedrosa. is not bad. Uh, everyone says uh, actually Rossi's a, a really actually a really good example for the counter argument, which is that Rossi loves to be the fastest guy out there. And that's because he is. Yes, but he loves to be the fastest guy out there. You don't see that uh, the fa- in faster where they're talking about Rossi and what's his fuck. Uh, Marcus. 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 No. No, Marcus. Um, Biagi. Biagi, right? Biagi is out there trying to be the coolest dude on the track. And Rossi is just the fastest. Yeah. Right? Well, it's because of the bike, but yes. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? rather than immediately jump to either A, the, the progressive, everybody's equal uh, stance, or B, the it's all a social construct, there are parts of it both ways. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you ignore where the, where we came from on this one, you don't get anywhere into where we're going. And that the trick is to understand that those things are, that those barriers are there, and then affect them. 
Oh yes, definitely. I mean, you can't just yeah. say, okay, we're all equal. It's you have to know where you're coming from right. to start breaking these things down. And ultimately so. we all ride alone. So yeah, we, I've often said that uh, motorcycling is very much like masturbation. It's a solo activity done sometimes in groups. <laughs> <laughs> so Lucas, I wanted to see what were some of the responses you got to oh this my question God. on Barf. Lucas dipped out. Yeah, and Lucas, I, got, like, I haven't been ish. on Barf since honestly, because yeah. I'm just like either I, either people in here are total assholes or they are just trolling the shit out of me. You but finally realize what we've all been saying. Like no, what? I, I talked to Megan and I understood more than anything that anyone on Barf said. But yeah. I thought that like Barf kind of is really, it. it's not really a good um, it's not a sample size. No. Yeah, like because what do you mean all, it's not a good sample size? All it's the how women on Barf <laughs> have been there for a long time. Most well, I'd say the vast majority, and I know a lot of them, and they all said it was a total boys' club, but like they had the balls metaphorically to put up with it. You know what I mean? So that only really speaks for like one kind of person. You know, if you're a woman and you go on there, and then everyone's like tits or GTFO, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and like the girls who stay are like, I don't give a shit about that. But what about everybody else? You know, how many people are just like, well, fuck fuck you guys? Yeah, kind of become like a sub society of. Like internal jokes. It really is. is. And you know what? It's just a bunch of like the same old dudes who've been there for the last 10 years. So, is the Bay Area Riders Forum. So, so Lucas, what you're saying is there's too many dicks on the dance floor, basically? It's like a fucking sausages festivals. (laughs) (laughs) I think the. This thread blew up, and uh, I can kind of recount. There was a couple of women that basically came in and said, This is why I think more women don't ride. Then a bunch of men started arguing about the point. That they yeah. had made and squabbling with each other on statistics. They didn't argue with just the women. They argued with each we, other with about, each other so about women. why women don't <laughs> ride. And that is more. Did not disregarded everything that the women had to say. They, they, so basically, they, the thread turns into an MRA uh, sausage fest. Yeah, yeah. I, and I mean, mansplaining the whole point. fest. And a couple of women even called it out. It's like, so you ask us our opinion. Then you disregard it, and then you fight with each other about yeah. the stats on how many women ride. This is yeah. welcome to it's any a, discussion on um, yeah, like the one we're having now, or any of the tech industry. And you're wondering why women are leaving the tech industry, motorcycling, yeah. everything else in droves. I, I think the thread was a massive success in determining exactly why, but unintentionally. <laughs> yeah. so just go look at it, and you're like, oh, well, this is why. Yeah. Because yeah. well, it's full of fuck Because everybody's speaking out. for them. Yeah. That's why. I think yeah. there's also something that we didn't really touch on, the fact that women ro- have classically ridden on the back of motorcycles for so long that it's kind of become expected like when two men ride on motorcycles together but. people go haha that's that's nuts but as that's like, by lucas right there but <laughs> it's, exactly and so i think it's almost become like get back in the kitchen type of situation get back on the back of the motorcycle that's where you belong and it makes people back, right? yeah it makes people uncomfortable that's when heard, that's what i've heard when, yeah no i've i've been yelled that like yeah, people have yelled bullshit. that at me and it's like it makes people uncomfortable when people step out of where they're quote unquote supposed to be. So if two men are on a motorcycle, it makes people go like, like, what's going on? That's hilarious. It's okay. But Those people will die in like 20 years. <laughs> you can only hope. They're all like 60. Yeah, actually, um, that's one of the advices <laughs> no, I gave to Jake. Who's, no, they're not. no, 
Yeah, well, some of them will. Sixty now. You know what they say? Internet equals like anonymity plus equals dickhead. They just cut it in half and count the rings. Okay. As I explained to Jake, actually, on one of our camping trips a while ago, because she's worried about a lot of LGBT rights and the rest, and I explained that most social progress just takes time. It takes time for people to die. Honestly, like somebody who's 60, who's, you know, you, that racist um, Southern grandmother that you have sort of thing, they will oh, yeah. die eventually they and they'll go Africa. on. The amount of um, like left-leaning LGBT material for the millennials and the under 25 is in the 70s to 80% acceptance rate, yep. where above 60, it's in the 20s. So it's honestly just a matter of letting people die. Although I do want to say we don't want necessarily people to die just the bad ideas well, you speak for yourself <laughs> actually, dude I'm gonna, the people who don't that, agree with us should die i think that actually one of the when because uh, you said military was because the military's got the same problem right we have yes. all these women and by the way the the deployment sexual assault rate is above 75 percent and the women i know say yeah. that's low that's underreported. They even yeah. have its own term, military sexual trauma. <laughs> right. Uh, However, Liza, you brought this. Topic you brought it up. up. We're not. So yeah. yeah. She's wagon wheeling us. That can yeah, work, so. you can so, deal with it. <laughs> However, what happens is, so the the military is a great cyclic view because you, every time there's a great big integration, they fight and they fight and fight it, and then we go to war. And that we the guys who come back from war are like, no, dude, she did just as good as anybody else. No, dude, the black guy doesn't need to be in the kitchen. No, dude, Mexicans can fight can, can fight with us. That. <laughs> You know, no, I didn't care he was gay. He was a great gunner. <laughs> you don't have time to think about that shit. Uh, yeah, no, this, it, has, this has been, this has no, been, quit caring. But yeah. I bet best machine yeah. gunner in my company's my armor. And <laughs> I steal a gun hilarious. all the time. So, yeah, um, I actually, not to derail Justin completely, but um, I'd always considered the military a very, you know, out there because I, I grew up on the East Coast. Um, but some of the progressive things I'm hearing from Justin about the like, hey, yeah, you do the integrations and they come back and it's a bonded troops and it, it doesn't, it washes away all of the differences for the most part. But civilian society doesn't have the crucible where you can, where you have to put, the only thing I can think of is that sure. women started performing at MotoGP levels. Yeah, yeah. More importantly, yeah. women started placing podamine, getting on the podium. Now, there isn't a physical reason why they don't the, the, the we but there is a numbers reason that you have to have like you know why do we not have a whole lot of female generals we don't have a whole lot of female generals because you would have had to join the army 20 25 years ago right mm-hmm. so now you have to have there's a work through the ranks portion and it is a painful long process there will be and there and there you know they although are. the last one who got crucified was a female but that's beside the point that's Abu Ghraib was pinned on the one female <laughs> on, on one of the senior female generals in the army mm-hmm. um, so you don't have what motorcycling doesn't have is that forced Seniority. to acknowledge people as people the f- and where you have no other choice you have no other choice but to work with these people which means that you have those same stereotypes that I talked about with Keegan and the like that the the things brought from outside the the activity the 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 preconceptions the only way you the only way you deal with them the only way that i've ever seen effectively deal with them is when you encounter somebody who behaves that way is you turn around and you say listen you dumb motherfucker you're either going to shut the fuck up or i'm going to kick your ass down the street is that (laughs) or you're going to say yeah really good but who came in last last ride (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) but if you don't turn around and, and challenge it in a in a direct unequivocal manner silence is consent yes Yes. silence is agreement with it if someone says wow bitches belong on the back 
they wouldn't and be saying if she passed his ass. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I mean, I made the mistake when I introduced Megan today that she was one of the best pillions I've ever had. Well, but then again, you out on it. Yes, too. she immediately said that. She oh yeah, writes. no, yeah, she did. Right <laughs> now, part of that is that I view other writers either a they're in front of me or b they're a great passenger. <laughs> right? I mean. <laughs> But the, understanding that, understand, and when you get the online thing, being able to turn to the guy online and say, "Hey, you're an idiot," and that's kind of what don't yeah. we conclude. That's what a lot of people concluded, though, on the thread, though, was that there's not enough calling out when people act. Yeah, well, and, and guys if, need to do that, especially I think. And it, yeah. exactly, tell Sadly, us your guys thoughts. Have to please email us, Megan. Tell people at how they can email us at gmail.com. Yes, please tell us what you think. And if you want to go see the thread and see like the no. fucking explosion <laughs> see, and see the shit storm. ridiculousness it is, it uh, it's on Barf Bay Area Riders it. Forum. It's in the general <laughs> section and it's called "Why Don't More Women Ride by take, take Abyss." Take my word for it. Which and is Lucas. Lucas, I wanted to I wanted to comment though, knowing you and and, and hearing you talk all the time here, um, it was very well written, and I just wanted to know who your oh, ghostwriter is. Oh, I actually thought there was a sincere compliment coming out of that one soon. I, I, I like fucking. I think I backtracked so hard I imploded. (laughs) No, I thought I thought it was very interesting. Um, It is a cool topic, but we're just running out of time. But people can go on there and see all the people attacking. Oh my god! And yeah, Lucas leaves. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone was talking shit to me for no reason. Well, <laughs> okay, fucking like Lucas, that's because you put out a small idea that was contrary to the status quo. That's almost indicative of all the shit all the female people you know deal with. Yeah. Well, it that's did help me good. understand. And and I think it's it's emblematic of of that that fragile male ego that that doesn't that feels like it can't be threatened. That is what Barf is run on. I'm pretty sure it's like powered by male ego. Yeah. There's and, it's, a, and it's fragile too. It, it gets very defensive whenever it's challenged. It's There's like, a yeah. great line Bullshit. from Serenity about that. When yes. uh, when when Mal comes to rescue Nora, she goes, "Thank you for your ill ill considered rescue attempt, even though I didn't need it." <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. On that note, I wanted to remind everyone that we do have T-shirts for sale. Um, Buy our swag. I still got larges and mediums out of extra Mediums. larges. It's nice and comfy. Um, I just bought some today. Yeah, so perfect for this summer. Um, I think that's it. Um, Megan told you how to reach us, but also I put that in the show notes, the links. Uh, there, we uh, also there any have other a announcements? phone number. Yes, 831-291-5112. Call and leave us a message. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss or, or you want to give an intro or anything. <laughs> <laughs> We're not choosy. We'll put Sausage. anything on there. <laughs> on that note, we're wrapping up. Um, I wanted to thank everyone for listening and remind everyone that if you get a chance, please go to iTunes and rate us there. It really helps us get that feedback. On that note, uh, this is Liza. Douglas. Bagel. Adrian. I am Zach. I'm Justin. Megan. Meow. Blaze. Yeah. Mason. Speedo. <laughs> oh my God. And no one we has out. Go, go. Cool, cool.